You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest, uh, I don't know if it's going to be latest, but it's the, mo- the newest Mountain West Wire, MWR.com basketball podcast. We're here. Right. We're doing hoops, right, Andy? We're, Andy's here. Jeremy's here talking basketball because practice officially started. Is it, I guess, today? October today. 14th? Yeah, it was today. As recorded we- October 14th, you can hit the hardwood, even in New Mexico, even though there's a few issues there, you can hit the hardwood in some form or fashion. We're here to start our preview series. So if you're hoping for a football one, I don't want to, we don't want to say you're disappointed, but it's a bonus. That's what I'm going for, right? Exactly. Exactly. Found money. <laughs> exactly. Found money. Talking hoops. <laughs> we'll have our other shows throughout the week. We plan on doing, here's kind of the structure we'll get to before we dive into this. We'll be doing two teams per episode. And the season officially starts like November 25th. So we're about five weeks away, six weeks away. About that, yeah. So we'll be doing a show attempting to do a show at some level twice about once a week two teams so that there's six weeks so that'll take us right up to the start of the season and i guess that andy we got um you know what i'm disappointed in nobody took up our took up us on a bubble idea for conference play from last time nobody yeah well you know that what are you gonna expect from people but i guess then you know once the ncaa started moving and actually deciding that they were gonna have more of a regular season you know not too well, it'll be very different from from what we're used to, but it won't be kind of kind of as crazy as I thought it was going to be. So it's fine. It's what what we don't know too. As we go through these these uh, previews, like we're doing Air Force and Boise State tonight, alphabetical. We do have a tracker on our website for non conference games. Some have been pushed around. Some have been changed. Like the Pac twelve, I don't think they officially said they're coming back early from Jan one, but we'll see. Um, there's a bunch of TBDs, like you ha- you told me you pulled up the Boise State website, and it has what? Just a conference games, nothing else, because that's all we have. That's it. All 18 of them, though. Yeah, I've got 18 conference games. I'm asking you something real quick on that. Are you surprised there's no open week at all during this time, or just to give some leeway or some cushion? We've seen what the NFL is going yeah. through right now. Yeah, I I think that we might see some of these games on the back end get pushed out a little bit more or maybe you know you see postponements or games moved from you know january into later march because i think yeah like you said what we're seeing in in all the sports right now is well except for the nba right yeah but in all the sports you're seeing you know little things snowballing it starts with one infection and it, you know, now it's the whole team and now it's their last opponent. And now it's that team's next opponent. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it just compounds on itself. So I think that it would have been smarter to build a, a bye week in here. I think that it was very ambitious not to do that. Um, but I think they might have to end up restructuring it anyway. So I would I would hesitate to say that anything is really still set in stone even yeah. six weeks before the season. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be a lot of change. Like in football, Craig Thompson's like, there's trust me, there's gonna be games that aren't being played. So right. but I do want to like their league play begins like this it begins December 29th. Yep. And basically every 
this will change. But basically, right now, before TV gets involved, Tuesday, Saturday, which is a kind of weird. Usually it's been like a Wednesday, Saturday, but you'll have games probably Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, probably Saturday, Sunday with uh, CBS and also now Fox being part of the deal. But one thing they could have, like, without giving a full week off, but maybe, like, I don't know what the deal was, and maybe you could decipher or whatever, but I know the conference to renting the arena or the hotels, they've wanted to do March 10th and 13th. There's no AgroCon or whatever it was last year oh, God. to yeah, change right. it up. The, the uh, conference for the, uh, I don't know if it's farmers or just agricultural type thing. I think it's kind of both. But I wonder if that's something to do with it, but... Well, and uh, remind me, are they going back to the Thomas and Mac this year, or was last year the last tournament at the Thomas and Mac? Um, I can't. I, I remember they're making a change soon. I thought, or at least the contract was running up. Like, was that is that where they're going? I I thought that's what it was, but you know now. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I probably should have researched this before asking. That's okay. We can we can research and go. Um, I don't know if it matters. Um, let me look here. No, not really. That was more of just a curious. But question. the week it could be because like the Pac-12 the. Because what do you got down there? You got the WAC, Pac-12, um, Mountain West, WCCs early before, men's and women's. So you have so many teams down there. Um, right. Let's see if you hear it says on the Mountain West website because we put the schedule up. Um, it's it's on the Thomas and Mac this year. So I don't know if it's going to go to T-Mobile okay. or Orleans or MGM or whatever it may be. I think, it's all, I think Thomas and Mac is where they want it. I think the talk was moving it to San Diego or something or even the weirdness of Denver again. But oh, like, okay, I might have just gotten myself confused then. I maybe the dates are in place because the hotel agreements or whatnot, but or the arena capabilities. But I don't know what's going on Thomas and Mac now that they have, like I said, the T-Mobile to play hockey, Pac-12 or whatever. Because our buddy Eli Becker it's like, where's the bye weeks? You need to have bye weeks. Like, right, they right, could have right. done something where either it didn't necessarily have to be an open week, but have a week where maybe for like choose like two to four weekends or two to four game dates. Where you have instead of eleven teams option playing whatever five games I'm guessing max, do you have a couple weeks where you have two or three games on the scheduled day like the Tuesday Saturday? You could because you could build in weeks like say you have a team that play doesn't play Tuesday but they play Saturday so there's still a week in between where that Tuesday or Saturday whether before or after could be a makeup of some sort, but then that still requires starting the schedule early because. I know they want non-conference games, but I don't know. It's just a thought where, because something's going to happen, like, basketball's probably easier to adjust. Like, oh, we can't play Tuesday. Maybe that's why they do Tuesday, Saturday. Maybe it's okay. Tuesday can happen. We'll play Friday. Or we'll play Thursday. Like, if you're playing, let's say you're Wyoming, and you got ASU, or not ASU, <laughs> Air Force. <It's> like, <laughs> if you're one of the Denver those schools, like, oh, well, you can play back-to-back nights, Air Force and Colorado State. You're not too far away. Or if you're a reasonable drive like Fresno and um, UNLV and uh, San Jose State or something a little more tricky but I, I don't know it's just a thought it's like what what are they doing why aren't they doing this why have they not learned from Major League Baseball the St. Louis Cardinals going to casinos <laughs> right I mean have the, and, and why why do you want to put yourself in this situation where you have to make these decisions in the middle of your season you know it just I, I guess maybe yeah, maybe they're just pushed up against, yeah, we, we have to do the Mountain West tournament on these dates, and so we don't have time. Because, you know, I, I noticed, too, that there is a departure from last season when they had those early December, right? Those early, mm-hmm. you know, mid, mid-December mid conference games. You don't have those anymore either. So so it's even more compacted, actually, rather than uh, expanded, you know. The, it's the all week to week schedule. to week. It's December 29th, January 2nd. January 5th, and so on and so on, until March, or I guess March uh, 6th, 6th, I don't know, it's a, uh, we hope for the best, but it's, uh, I, I like don't Like we said, I think these, I think these dates are going to change, at least, you know, a few of them, yeah. and maybe the tournaments themselves, and I, you know, I know the NCAA is really committed to having, you know, March Madness kind of on its normal schedule, but I think... <laughs> Being committed to you know wanting that that's kind of what we're all doing right now during the during the pandemic, right? We Dude, want I want things. to go see Tenant at the theaters or the big screen, but I'm not <laughs> exactly. going to do it. Yes. yes, I'm like no, I'm like I'm more like inclined to whispers website get the movie without paying for it. But no, I want to see the Christopher Nolan movie on the big screen. I want to see Black Widow. I want to see Wonder Woman. I wanted 
I wanted to go to a college football game in person with more than four people there. <laughs> it's not going <laughs> to happen. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, the NCAA might have to make that same decision as it comes to March Madness. And maybe maybe it's April Madness or, you know, May Madness this we year. We talked about this before. It's like, right. have them, like, I know today they announced, like, Vegas, which is awesome. I don't know if it's Thomas and Mac, but I think it's probably T-Mobile. But uh, Or who knows, maybe they'll put in Allegiant for some reason because they do the regional finals at huge places that are stupid for football arenas, but <laughs> Vegas is getting the games in, or I think, was it 26, I believe, or maybe 23? Whatever, they're getting a regional final, which is awesome. And so you can make changes. It's like they make those announcements today. They're so far, it's like the NFL's like, we're doing this. Like I, I kind of joke about the Tennessee Titans, but if you follow the NFL folks, which I'm sure there's a lot of crossover, like Andy, I'm not sure how much you do, but on last Sunday, they made an adjustment of, I think, about eight or ten games because of the positive test of COVID. Yeah, and I don't think there was probably too much conversation about it either. No, and because the NFL is like, they're just now, Pro Bowl's being canceled. Okay, they give us an extra week. I'm like, NFL? It's like, dude, you can see the game in April 24th. People, you can have a sequel to my Super Bowl. People wouldn't yeah. care as long as you have the season, right? Right, exactly. And March Madness, same thing. It's like we discussed before, like, I know you have arenas in place, but they're going to be probably more open in March and April, what's the harm in giving a couple extra weeks, like even just a two-week period? Let's say you want to have the season as normal where, especially at a tournament where weekend one here, you have your final first four date, which by BT Dubs, I don't know why I say it that way, but I love John Rothstein, <laughs> John Rothstein's tweet about Dayton to get the first four in 2026. Well, duh, they always have it. <laughs> but like I they mean, could I, have yeah. the first four in Dayton, the regional out west like in – Spokane or Salt Lake or Boise or LA or they have it in Houston or Greensboro or Miami or wherever for Auderdale. It's like you can still do that more normally because basketball not many people will be, but give us some leeway in between, like maybe an extra week between rounds if possible or open. Yeah. Like who cares if it goes to, like honestly, all you really need is three extra weeks, I think, and could maybe finish the last week of April or is it sacrilegious to have an Easter final for a weekend? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well, and Easter changes all the time anyway, right? So. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, so it could be March, maybe I'm wrong, but it would be mid-April. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when Easter is this year, so I can't really answer that question. <laughs> I never know when Easter is. It just gets you. Right, exactly. Someone just tells you that it's Easter. I don't know, but uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah. that's how the season's set up. It's a tight fit. This is our first show we're doing this stuff, so we're kind of getting stuff out of the way. Go back to our last show if you want some shenanigans about bubbles and 96-team tournaments because <laughs> I still like that idea. It's like the college football playoff. If this is the year to do it, add more games. But Yeah, sure. We'll see. So what we do know now, I guess from last time we talked, I'm not sure we mentioned or not, but isn't the minimum four non-conference games, I believe? So that was the recommendation. Okay. The minimum is th – so the minimum number of games that any team has to play to be uh, eligible for the NCAA championship is 13, which I believe is uh, directed maybe – I think it's a little bit lower than what the normal threshold is, but it's also just one fewer game than the Ivy League schedule. So I think they might have put it in place for that to say, okay, as long as the Ivy League plays a full schedule, they can actually come to the NCAA tournament. Because they're pro I'm pretty sure they're sticking to their January one start date. Yeah, and I, I mean, I would assume so if they play at all. Yeah, because I know, you know, you've got some schools. I know Yale, they've got a lot of guys who are not enrolled this semester. Interesting. And some, you know, at least one I know went on a gap year. Um, others might not be, you know. They might not want to come back for that. So um, it's like the Air Force football guys. They're taking the semester off and they're playing about 40 guys. And like, oh, we'll come back next year. Because also say, and say is giving everybody winter sports now officially, which basketball is, right? They're winter sports. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And extra, I forget, winter and spring, it's confusing sometimes. Extra year of eligibility, which basically means you can come back. And if you're a retro freshman, you're technically a retro freshman next year for auto for eligibility purposes. Yeah. And that's good. That's going to cause. All sorts of fun little uh, backups next year. Hopefully, hopefully that helps San Jose State keep some players around, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. Well, you know, maybe just give them eligibility to go transfer somewhere else. <laughs> come, come on. Be nice to the Spartans. <laughs> I'm sorry. John Prelude needs he needs all the help he can get. Come on. You are. That's Andy there is being mean to San Jose Spartans fans. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Apologies to Jean Prilo and Julius Hodge and all the coaches out there. <laughs> Come on, they could have the, their next future Brandon Clark as a freshman and not know it yet, and he sticks around. Yeah, they need him to stick around. That's the thing. That's, oh, that's I, the I, next step in this program. Get the good ones to stick around. But they got Seneca Knight coming back, so that's huge. But anyway, we're not previewing them right now. We're not. Before, <laughs> I don't want to get too far no. into this. Alphabetic order, so they are near, whatever, what's that, week five, maybe? show five of this, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, they'll be closer to the end. They're at the back end. in before the Utah States and on the Wyomings, but... <laughs> All right, here's what we're going to do here. We're going to get to the games, but we got to take care of some business here for our buddies over at MyBookie. They're amazing. So we're talking college hoops. I don't know what the odds are yet or for March Madness for the Mountain West teams, but let's just safe to say we're talking to Boise State, so they're probably near the top of that list. They're going to be with Derek Allison returning, but you got the NFL. You got, obviously, college football. Hoops coming up in the month. Major League playoffs. So I like the Astros. They're not doing too great, but we'll see how they go. So there's no shortage of games to watch. And with thousands of lines available, just check out my bookie. They're amazing. Get a few bucks. I like a few. Andy, you'd like to make a few dollars? I do like to get a little bit of money. Test your luck a little bit on your favorite team. <laughs> do you have an NFL team of choice? I'm just asking. I do. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, unfortunately. Hey, but this is hey, the year to no, them, right? No, yeah, this so, year so maybe applied I, maybe I get my drastically. That's that's amazing. So so if you're tempted got twenty years not spending a dime betting on the Browns. Hey, that hey, that changed this year. You gotta you gotta this year exactly. time to do it, right? You know what I mean? That's right. So if you like the guy who likes to bet the big favorites, which this year the Browns are there, they're good favorites. I like the Cowboys, so I'm like, little iffy there, but Consider putting a couple on a parlay. Hey, should we could go together and do a Cowboys-Browns parlay? I don't know. Hey. Just saying. Get the bigger payout. So not only do parlays make meaningless games excited. I don't like that word meaningless, but it does make games you don't care about. You care about even more. But more importantly, they give you a chance to, to win some real – be a real moneymaker there. So don't forget about all the underdogs, which, again, not the Browns this year. My Cowboys, another choice. Another thing, they're not doing great. Andy Dalton, QB. Oh, boy. They have a ton of value there. So the thing about NFL is that underdogs never really – who cares on Sunday? Every team has a chance to win as long as you do it the right way, and so do you. So you got game spreads, championship futures, player prop bets. Never too late to get in on the action. Start turning turning your sports knowledge, which I think we got here, into a few bucks to cash in your wallet. As me and Matt say, Andy, we want that guacamole money. So you get a few bucks, you get that guac at Chipotle, right? <laughs> exactly. So when you sign up at my bookie, and when you do so, use our promo code OVERTIME to claim a deposit match, dollar for dollar, dollar. Excuse me. Let me repeat that. They want this to be correctly done, Andy. I apologize. No guys. problem. Overtime to claim a deposit, match dollar for dollar. So fifty bucks, you get fifty bucks. Ten bucks, ten bucks, all the way up to one thousand dollars. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and head start for your winning season. That's the promo code Overtime for you to claim your bonus when you make a deposit. UFC cards coming up. Oh my goodness, they included this. I actually voted today. Presidential prop bets. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All, yeah, exactly. All the major <laughs> sports and more. Sign up today over at MyBookie. Oh, that's amazing. Again, that code is overtime. Dang, presidential bets? That's wild. Okay, yeah. all right. We- I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We get to our teams now, what we're talking about? Yeah. Let's jump in. Air Air Force and Boise State. Can I start with my joke for Air Force every year that they never listen to? Yes. Hockey substitution, five five and five out. <laughs> you guys are in amazing shape. Just run up and down. Five guys in, five guys out, crush the other team. How is that not a concept they're doing? <laughs> I mean, then they got the altitude in their favor too, right? That's my point. They're the most athletic team or the most in-shape team in the conference. So what do we know about them from last year? So when you look at Air Force, we had the uh, – also, I do like our buddy Eli put up the this is the real March Madness NCAA championship with uh, Sam Merrill making the game winner. Mm. That's always yes. great. So we look at Air Force. So, but but seriously, I I kid in saying the five in five out, but their roster is what twenty guys typically. Is that about right or so? It seems like. Yeah. So so what they've got listed right now is they have thirteen players on the official school roster uh, that's on the website, <laughs> but that does not include any 
of the 18 freshmen oh, that are, boy. I think it's eight, 16, 18 freshmen that are listed on the team's uh, verbal commits mm. site. Uh, so, yeah. So I think, you know, if you look at the total, I think it's, yeah, one, two, three. A lot. Yeah, you got, you got over 15 guys listed just as verbal commits, you know, commitments as freshmen, plus, you know, a full roster of sophomores, juniors, and seniors. So, yeah, I think they definitely have the personnel. Uh, I was joking with a friend of mine, Connor Hope, about how this is the deepest team, you know, in the, in the Mountain West. Always. Uh, and by definition, it really is, you know. So I got to give him credit, though, for for making that, pointing that out. I guess, a, I guess the big news, we actually be seriously here, they have a new head coach. Oh, I guess an old new coach. Right. Exactly. They're, yeah, I guess last year, you know, it was Nevada bringing in Alford, who was, you know, an old coach in the conference. But now we've got Joe Scott. Coming yeah, all the way back. Sneaking over for Dave Popovich. If I can never say his name right. Popovich. Popovich. Popovich? Sure. Popovich, I think. Yeah, Popovich. Give me four there tries. I'll get it right eventually. <laughs> but Joe Scott was around. He was here from 2000 2004. Yep. So he's a guy who knows it, which is a good thing. Like getting guys to academies, it's difficult because the culture is different and the classroom is different. They want to win clearly, but their priority may not always be on the sporting events more. They're going to serve the country afterwards. They take 18 credits. They have There's no register year. Very exceptions to that case. So he's been at Princeton. He's been at Denver. Most recently assistant at Georgia for a couple of years. But when he was at Air Force before, like he was the year where they were awesome, but then also had the distinction of losing in the first round of the Mountain West tournaments, <laughs> where they went 22-7, and 12-2 in conference play, won the conference, went to NCAA tournaments. He parlayed that into a Princeton job, which – his sure. alma mater. I, oh, that's right. His alma mater. Yep. So <laughs> I'm like, like, I'm like, I, I gotta that make that make sense. Yeah, I knew that was there. I was thinking about it. So with him being around, he turned like for perspective: eight wins, nine, twelve, twenty-two, and I'm pretty sure that year was uh, <laughs> was one where he had upperclassmen, and that's where this year kind of hurts, where they lose like guys like Lavelle Scotty. Yeah, Ryan Ryan Swan's gone. Lavelle Scotty, Sid Tone. You got a lot of guys who are gone from last year. And uh, about fifty points a game, it looks like, if my math is right here. What was that? About fifty points per game. They're losing. They need to find some. Yeah. Yep. Which uh, I don't know if they can get it. But with him coming back, like, do you think? Because he's here's a good thing about him with him with with him coming back, Joe. Here you have clearly been the Air Force before. Going to Princeton, who is usually a pretty good Ivy League team, like they're not at the bottom; they're upper upper half typically, if not more of the uh, Ivy. He went to Denver, yeah. which is a weird move. Do you remember why he went back to Denver? Went to Denver? Mm, Did he get fired no. at Princeton. Well, he did go two and twelve in his last year there before he went play, to Denver. Yeah. So I'm gonna in, in the Ivy League. So I'm gonna go ahead and guess that's probably what happened there. But he goes uh, to Denver, which I guess he's close to Air Force. But like going to, um, then not head coach. Sorry, my mind's blinking here. So like Holy Cross, it's a weird move. Like he's just had a weird job. Like he's in Denver for a decade. But going to Georgia could be a big thing because Georgia's been okay in SEC for basketball, but they're not the top clear. They're not like what Tennessee or clearly not Kentucky or Florida. But going out this SEC coming back is like you'd think he'd have to learn he'd have these different styles to mix in with what he knows he has come Air Force. Because he knew clearly going in to take this job that it's going to be a rebuild, losing top players. It's going to always be tough, but he's done it. So maybe that's the confidence he has, which is good, where he comes in and like, all right, I know what it takes to win. And he can show these guys, hey, I want I want a Mountain West Conference championship, guys. It, it can be done in Air Force. Yeah, I mean, if there's anybody who can come in and say, look, we can – I, I know how to take you know this program to the tournament. I, I think Joe Scott's really the only one <laughs> who can come do that, right? Oh, um, definitely. But I will say, you know, looking at Joe Scott and you know talking about coaching style, things like that. Your your plan for an, an Air Force team that runs up and down the court is not going to be happening with Joe Scott. I know. That's why I'm just <laughs> I'm sort of disappointed. I know they like to do. Let's see. We have ten seconds on the shot clock. All right, start the offense, folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, just get ready to to be patient, and uh, this will be more of a stamina test than a uh, a wind sprint, I think. Well, for honest, that's 
it's like they do in football. You control. They do something unique and different that's not always seen. And in football, it's a triple option: run the ball, run the clock, hold the ball. That's the same thing here. They, but the problem is, you got to also be super efficient if you're going to limit possessions to where instead of running, I don't know, I, don't, I have no clue what the average college basketball play is, but we know the shot clock's so at 35. Like mm-hmm. they're probably going to take they they honestly probably want to take third at least 30 seconds of that. And so let's say their average possession is. 10 seconds longer than the other team, which I don't know if that's huge or not, or if that sounds right, but 10 seconds every time you have the ball adds up. You know what I mean? Like you're going to yeah. get so, so just much to, fewer Just to give you a little bit more of the like real numbers here. Thank I'll you. give you, I'll, yeah, no, no worries. <laughs> I'll give you Joe Scott's last numbers when he was at Denver. This is coming off the Ken Palm website. Perfect. So the D1 average possession length is 17 seconds. So each possession is about 17 seconds, right? Uh, Joe Scott's team was near last in the country at almost 21 seconds. So he's a, a, like three and a half seconds over the, the average, but in a, you know, when you're averaging about 60 possessions a game, yeah, three and a half seconds turns into about what, three and a half minutes, right? That's how that math works. Something like that. Yeah. Something okay. like that. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, yeah. You end up with the ball in your hands quite a bit more and, you know, out of the other team's hands. So yeah, there is something to be said, right. For, controlling the the tempo like that question for you i'm on kempom now is the ag ag adgt adjusted time of possession so the a on the front page the adjt is the adjusted tempo i believe that's what you'd be looking at um if you actually go one click in you know onto the team page um you can see the average possession length is actually right underneath their tempo okay just so you know 2004, Joe Scott's team, dead last in Justin Tempo. Yeah, and so, they got to the tournament. So yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm right. just saying, yeah, they were 326 in Tempo. So that's not a bad thing, because if it works, it works. It's like, but the problem with that, the only problem with that is if you're ever cold in a game and you're not in your shots, you're going to get blown out. Because teams will sort of adjust to your play. Like if you're, Walking the ball up, taking 28 seconds, whatever it may be you're doing. Like you said, the average is 17. Let's say they're 25 or something. They Clearly, it's going to be more than 17 if they're at the tail end of that. But teams aren't going to – not as unless it's a clear, fast break. It's like, oh, we get to rest a little bit. They Or I don't know about resting because the defense can be still struggling or using energy and be going up against. Because here's the thing, too. Like we see – we know if you're familiar with basketball, Prince offense, the backdoor cutting – this offense, while it take, while it's slow to develop or slow to make their play, Andy, they're moving everywhere, right? They're not just sitting. Oh, yeah. It's not four quarters sitting there like what the what they did in '84 with the Villanova game. They're not doing that. They're passing the ball around. They're moving. They're making it work. So these deep offenses or the opposing team, I should never get it correctly. The, I, the thing is, I'm trying to get to. They're not gonna. If there's a bank shot, they're they're gonna play hard. Clearly, they're gonna work and work at it. But their odds of getting the ball and trying to sneak a fast break all the time, like if you're playing opposite type of team, like who wants to run and gun, that's going to be a fun game to watch or interesting, but you're going to be using so much energy on defense. Like that's what they want to do. They want to wear you down. And when they, when they get the ball, do they want to run down for a break? If it's there, it's there, but clearly they're probably not. So their offense will be more quicker than air forces, but I don't think it's going to be at the normal pace, but that's how they get you. It's like, yeah, they take 30 seconds or 25 seconds, but they're going to be passing the ball. They're going to be moving the ball. There'll be cuts. There'll be drives. There'll be oh, yeah. random defensive fouls because you're being lazy on defense. So <laughs> just because they're taking the time, it's not going to mean they're going to be a team that's just dribbling past the spot one on the perimeter, past to the corner three. Sure. No, they're moving in and out. They're driving. They're back door. And they're going to do what they want to do. And that's, again, I kind of joke, but that's why they're in great shape. And that's how they could wear teams down and still win 40 to 39 or something. Absolutely. No, and I think, you know, there there are there are ways to make that successful. I think the problem that for this year is it's guys who have not been running that system and guys who are already not the most experienced guys in the first place and asking them to run what I imagine is a pretty uh, difficult system maybe to learn at first if it's brand new for you. I think that's going to just cause some growing pains, but 
you know, maybe in year two or three of the Joe Scott, you know, second era in, in Air Force, I think you might start to see those improvements like you did in his first stint. But I, I, I like you mentioned before, I think that that team that went to the tournament uh, for Air Force back in 2004, they were a pretty upperclassman heavy team, if I remember correctly. Well, okay. I mean, I guess Nick Welch was a sophomore. Antoine Hood was a sophomore. Okay, maybe, you know, but, you know, guys who had been there and had been at least exposed to it a little bit. I think this year you're going to have issues maybe with guys learning it, but maybe not. Maybe everyone will, you know, pick it up great and they'll have no problems, you know, keeping up with the athleticism, like you mentioned, uh, you know, because they're so well conditioned out there. So I just, I'm looking for good, positive things. Um, to say about the team and what's coming through. And so I do think that their style could absolutely confuse, you know, it's like when you face the knuckleball pitcher, right? Yes. And you're going through the rotation and then you're, you know, you get all those fastball guys, fastball guy, fastball guy. Hey, the knuckleball pitcher might not be the best pitcher, but he might catch you on the wrong day. Tim Wakefield folks. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So maybe Air Force can be, you know, Maybe a Tim Wakefield, maybe more of a J.A. Happ, who knows, but, you know, or somebody who throws a knuckleball. But, yeah, I mean, I think that could definitely throw off some teams, especially teams who don't necessarily dictate tempo themselves, you know, who might play to whatever their opponent's tempo is. Joe Scott teams know what tempo they're playing at, you know. So I don't think you're going to have much of a problem with them trying to kind of dictate that, at least on their end, as much as they can. And one of the biggest things, too, like retaining A.J. Walker is a big deal. He's looking at TCU, Texas Texas Tech. Like he, I have it right here, like he was about 11 points a game. He scored 42 points in Mountain West Tournament. What was it? Probably, I think, two games. Yeah, two games. So he's there. And so you have him come back. And like looking at who they have come back, like, the playing time's out there, but it's like at the academy. It's like, again, in football. There's a guy, actually, I think his name was Brad Roberts from when they played Navy a couple weeks ago. He's, when I was looking to do a recap show, looking up stuff or writing things about it, like, he's not listed on their official roster. I'm like, what the heck? Where did this guy come from? And so the system's different, clearly, but they're there. They practice. Like, they're in into, I know basketball's not like football where they run that triple option, especially with Joe Scott, a new system there. But these guys are smart. They're athletic. They're in the system for a couple of years, so they're guys who may not contribute last, but they got to step up, and so they've been there. So that's a positive thing. Like they have guys like they have a couple seniors, multiple juniors. Like just looking at basically like, the top players coming back, they have let's see one, two, three, four, five, at least five, six juniors or seniors. So that's a start there because that's also a negative too, not to juniors or seniors, but like new coach practicing has been limited throughout the summer, even last year when they hired him in the late spring, nothing could go on. Minimal summer workouts, minimal actual basketball workouts. So that's a bit of, not a problem, but a, a hurdle to overcome. So if, that's why I don't think they're going to do great this year, just because the things I mentioned. Even though he's been there before, losing their best players, learning the new system, a new head coach, that doesn't add up to success for a team that finished, what, ninth or 10th in majority of Dave Pilpopovich's career. Right. It's going to yeah, be tough. It's going to be tough. It is. But, you know, I think it's the first year of a head coach, right? So those those years can be tough sometimes and might as well get a transition period. You know, if your roster's already in a transition period, transitioning your coach at the same time, you maybe, yeah, you know, sure. kind of pack it in for one year, but you come back stronger next year, right? Because you've got a younger group of guys who know this coach, who have come up, you know, and developed a little bit with this coach. I, You know, I, I so I don't think that, just because this year might be really tough for Air Force, then it necessarily means that the future is, you know, mortgaged or anything like that. I think that they could certainly, uh, I think that they could make a turnaround kind of like what they did with Joe Scott before and maybe even quicker this time, but they'll need, they'll need the talent to do that. It's possible. One thing we don't know, like the schedules, like we said, the schedule are all over the place. So Air Force has their 18 league games, which is fine. But for not, for conference games, or excuse me, non-conference, the um, Puerto Rico event got canceled. Right. The A10 Mountain West Challenge, I put canceled, but technically pushed back here. It looks like postponed. The only game on the schedule, because D1 Docket's really good, but they've been, dude, like everybody else, struggling this time of year to figure things out. The only game I could find, you can correct me if I'm wrong, 
Utah Valley is the only game on here that's listed as a TBD for date or tip time or what date or anything. So I think that's like the only game I think they have listed non-conference. They're going to play a couple, but like every school is scrambling to find, like we mentioned, the, about four non-conference games, hopefully. Yeah, and you got a lot of the schools who are kind of saying, all right, we're just going to, you know, find one or two other teams and do our own little MT, you know, our multi-team event, right, you know, three to four teams, and we'll do some sort of weird round robin, and we'll get all of our non-conference games out of the way that way, and, you know, we'll move on. Yeah, I'm looking here at Air Force. Actually, there's also, oh, sorry, St. Joe's is uh, A-10, right? Yeah. Okay, so maybe... I'm looking at D1 Docket. The way I blinked on their Twitter, they have a Google Doc. So I don't know if that's been updated or not, but all they have is Utah Valley and that St. Joe's. But I think the St. Joe's games was the, yeah, that would have been the uh, Mountain Must A10 Challenge. So gotcha. I don't know what they're going to do because I'm assuming, here's why it probably would happen. They'll play Utah Valley, I'm assuming. That's whatever. That's close, not far. It's an okay team. Mark Matson there, the head coach. Um, I can see them playing Colorado. Denver, Northern Colorado, be done with it, and maybe Army, Navy. Like I could see them going to East and maybe playing like a like you mentioned MTE playing Navy, Army, and VMI is not too far from those schools. Like that could be something yeah. done because Virginia Military Institute, same state as Naval Academy, um, Army's there in West Point, New York. I could see something like that because people like those type of games. Like they played at MSG last year, I think it was Air Force and Navy. I want to say. Or they played somewhere, yeah. something like that. So put them in the Pentagon or something, right? South Dakota. That's what. <laughs> oh no, I've what's Pentagon? Real, oh, the real Pentagon. <laughs> the actual Pentagon. Yeah, I'm. You know, I gotta imagine that it's you know locked down and there's no COVID getting in there, right? That's why I'm thinking Air Force. Well, actually, maybe not. It's t- chief of Staff or whatever, not the Chief of Staff, but the heads. What is it? The top military guys or whatever. Or the uh, I forget the term because I watched Space Force and Netflix. <laughs> what is it called? Do you, have you watched uh, that show? The Joint Joint Chiefs of Staff. Yes, that's what it is. There's a bunch of issues at the moment with COVID. Like, whether... yeah, good point. Yeah, I guess I don't know why I thought Washington would, of all places, would be the right place to go uh, right now to avoid that. There's been some stuff going on, but, uh, but yeah. I, I don't know what they're gonna do. But they're gonna play a couple. Like this season, I do like your idea, your half kidding idea. Let's get the the cruise ships aren't doing anything. Let's rent those out <laughs> for games. <laughs> Yeah, so for those of you who uh, may not have seen a, a, my Twitter uh, early, earlier this week, I think it was. I think uh, so, something like that. It was a good Yeah, one. there was just, just a joke about, I think, yeah, actually it was our friend Eli who had posted a picture of uh, the Carrier Classic game, right, where they played on an aircraft Yeah, UNC Michigan State with that amazing photo. That was awesome. Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, the idea then would just be get 200 of those <laughs> and just, you know. Dock them off the coasts, you know, 100 on the West Coast, 100 on the East Coast. And yeah, you got the put, Gulf Coast, too. Come on, don't forget them. Oh, sure, sure. Exactly, yeah. Just stay away put, the put a couple season. in the Great Lakes, too. The <laughs> Great Lakes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, just uh, play their games there, and, you know, you'll be safe. So what do we think about Air Force? Like, without knowing much of anything of who they're going to play besides league games, is there, like, is it them and San Jose State battling for that bottom spot? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and and I don't <laughs> think you really have a third team that's joining them. Wyoming's not gonna be that bad, right? They're gonna be much no, better. no. I I like Wyoming. I think you know. I mean, I'm not saying that they're gonna like win the league or anything, but I think that they're gonna put some pretty clear daylight between themselves and that last tier. Gotcha. That's what I think too. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm agreeing. Like, like they might pull off a weird upset just because of. 2020 moving into 2021 being weird and what it is but yeah i like like if we look at the like do a quick snapshot of the league like we're gonna talk boise state they're gonna be really good san diego state's gonna be at the top as well like utah state with nemus possible player of the year unlv is improving under coach tj like csu with um nico medovich there like wyoming's gonna jump up nevada with alford like there are some good coaches and good teams, but yeah, there it's going to be them near the bottom. So I'm, it's yeah, going to be tough, right? It is going to be tough. I will say one, you know, besides AJ Walker, uh, who we we talked about a little bit, um, I do like Keaton Van Solen. This is a he's a senior senior forward on the Air Force. Um, he didn't really get you know a lot of huge numbers last year, three and a half points per game, three rebounds per game. But I will say when I was doing some research for those. Uh, 
what was it? The five for 21 mm-hmm. pieces that we were doing. He kept coming up in when I was looking at, you know, uh, the rebounders um, and and shot blockers. He, he was coming up as a guy who was making the most of the minutes he was playing. So, you know, I think he's going to get thrust into a starting role here for Air Force. And if I had, you know, I think A.J. Walker's probably the best choice if anyone was going to mm-hmm. get any, you know, all Mountain West honors. But I would say, you know, Keaton Van Solen's not a terrible next choice uh, for somebody who might break out and be a little bit of a surprise, I guess. So there, there's a positive thing that I will say about Air Force basketball. Also, well, good. The one thing I'll say one thing too, like <laughs> when Joe Scott was on the first time before, there he's going to instill defense to yes. the millionth percentile because yes. when he was there. He gave up about 50 points per game. And last year, they're near dead last of, what, 75 per game. And they force turnovers. They're great. Defensively, it is amazing. I was actually, I was looking, we were back on the Joe Scott, or we were looking at the 2004 Air Force team, right? The last mm-hmm. Joe Scott Air Force team. I noticed there was a game in there that they lost to Texas Pan American. Oh. Thir- they lost to 37 to 35. Oh, that's br- that is, that is a, a football score. And Who not has even to a watch that? One. That's worse than Big Ten basketball a couple, uh, decade ago. Yeah. So, so, I mean, hopefully we're not looking forward to too many of those. That wasn't Pan, to be clear, that wasn't Pan American Airlines. That was Pan, Texas Pan Am, an actual yeah, university. D1? Now they are, yeah, so now they are currently, you know, they've since been renamed. So now they're... UT uh, Rio Grande Valley. Oh, they're in the WAC. Okay. Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. So they're in, they were in the WAC then too. It, it was weird because they played in like February, but it was a weird <laughs> non-conference WAC game. Maybe one of those you know bracket buster. Oh yeah, those situations. Things. But thirty-seven to thirty-five. Boy, that is that's a heck of a game. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's go to a team that might actually do some damage. Boise State. Now there's a there's an exciting team, yeah. This team, first off, big news. Der- if you haven't heard, which you should have heard by now, Derek Austin returning. That, that by far the biggest, the best news Leon Rice could ever have. Yeah, I mean, I think they had stacked, you know, the roster of incoming transfers and incoming players so much. I think it was like. Okay, we're they just had kind of assumed, right? Derek Alston Jr. is not coming back. And even if he doesn't, we'll still be ready. We'll still be able to compete. But then to get him back, to get probably the best player in the league Ooh, back, I, I mean possibly. I th- I think when I look at him, I mean, from for the last couple of years now, I'm just looking at a professional every time I'm watching Derek Alston, it feels like he <sighs> The way he moves around, it just doesn't look like he's an amateur, if, that, if you know what I mean. Uh, he just looks confident. He looks poised all the time. He's just, he's a very, very impressive player. And to get him back along with all of the other guys that they're bringing in and some of the things that they're bringing back to, it's a it's, it's a very good state of affairs for Boise State right now. Yeah, it's like we mentioned. Odds are the tier. I think the tiers are set. It's Boise, San Diego State, Utah State. Maybe UNLV, but again, I won't believe until I see it with the Rebels. UNLV and Colorado State could certainly push themselves. I don't know if both of them could do it at the same time, but I think both of them are candidates to kind of push themselves into a top tier. Um, But yeah, I would say that I think I agree that San Diego State, Utah State, Boise State are the top three teams probably, you know, at this moment. Um, and, And a lot of the reason is just... Boise State has so many options, so many different scoring options. It feels like yeah, Marcus Shaver, Derek Austin, they have multiple guys. Like he, Marcus Shaver comes in from what Portland to be eligible this year. Yeah, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to be the only guy doing everything like he was for Terry Porter. <laughs> you know, he's actually going to have some teammates who can help him out. So that's going to be wonderful for him, I think. Well, it's like, uh, was it um, maybe I'm wrong. was Malachi Flynn a transfer from San Francisco, right? He came from Washington State. Washington State. Reserves, but it's yeah. like the same thing. It's like, sorry, I know there's been a lot of transfers, but just whatever. Eh, like, those know. guys come in, like, they might be the main guy there. They come here, and eh, they're still really, really good. Instead of being the one guy, you're top three guy. You're still relied upon, but you're not really replied, relied upon where if you don't play well, the team doesn't play well. If you're the number two or three, if you don't play well, 
team might be in a little trouble, but he could still win because you have other guys like Alston and a few others who could make some plays. So, like, that's that's a big deal. Like, getting transfers coming in. Leon Rice, like, he's a good coach. I know he's oh, yeah. struggled in the tournament. He's only hasn't been in the tournament since, 15, what, 2015? That's, sheesh, that seems forever ago. Like, he's a coach where, okay, here's the first thing. Getting basketball talent to Boise is not easy because they're not a traditional great power. Like, San Diego State's really good. Utah State's under um, um, Stu Morrill forever was always really, really good. They took a small step back. Vegas has the history. New Mexico has the history. Some recent success. Boise State's like, yeah, we got to do what we got to do. Or Boise State, you know what I mean? It's a football school. Yeah, football you know? school. It, like, absolutely, mm-hmm. when I think of Boise State, and I cover Boise State basketball for the site, right? But, yeah. I, you know, it's, I still we, think we of it, it as a, you know, it's a football school. It's, it is what it is. And it, that doesn't mean it can't be a good basketball school, too. But, yeah, I think you're right that you're not going to – you don't have people who are thinking of – Boise, Idaho is some hotbed for, you know, basketball going there the same way maybe a random town like Lawrence, Kansas yeah. can be. You know, you don't have <laughs> you don't have that going on. Uh, so, yeah, it can be a bit of a difficult draw there. Here's what I'm going to say. They might have, like, the best transfers of all the conference coming in that are eligible. Like, I mean, Shaver, yeah. they got a couple of Pac-12 guys like Devontae, if I'm going to screw up his name here, from Arizona. Devin Air Dutree. Oh, sorry. My, I'm reading something here. I can't. My, my eyesight is not good. Yeah, Devin Air Dutree, <laughs> Abu Kigab from Oregon, and then you got Emmanuel Akat from Arizona. It's like Akat. They have like, okay, just because you come, first of all, just because you come from a big conference or Pac-12 doesn't mean you're going to step in and just crush them out in the West, but it does mean you've practiced against really good players. You've sure. played against really good players. So when you come in, the level competition, eh, slightly less, but... Not a ton when you're playing a really typical team like Aztecs, Aggies, who are really good and talented players on CSU or any team in the conference that has good players. So they bring in a different type of experience and it just adds depth to a team. Like we, we with Boise being the football school, it helps Rice tremendously because there's probably, not that I'm saying he should be gone, but if they were just a school that was okay at football and say basketball is just a step ahead, he probably would have been gone a couple years ago because of what he shot up after his first couple of years. And now yeah. he has that luxury. Well, it's just basketball. He won almost 20 games last year. Oh, 20, it was what, 20 and 12 last year? Fifth place. It's just one down there. He's fine. He's done before. He'll do some cheeky thing and light the court on fire again or something. I don't know. But <laughs> he's a guy where he's a really good coach. There's reasons why he's been connected to a handful of jobs the past couple of years when he's had really good teams. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's also, I think it's important that he hasn't taken those jobs too, you know, cause mm-hmm. he's, I think that there's a good relationship there, right. Between, it seems like Leon Rice and Boise State is just kind of a nice match. And it's one of those things where as long as neither side gives the other a real, <laughs> really, really strong reason to break things up, then it's probably just going to continue, uh, you know, ad infinitum, right. It's just going to go on forever. <laughs> so Exactly. Uh, I will I will say a point of order quickly. Abu Kijab did play last year for Boise State. Um, he transferred he transferred mid season. Mm, uh, like uh, he, he came okay. in and just he was one of the uh, second semester guys who became eligible. Tricky and he be. and he was good. He he came in. He was he averaged eleven points a game for Boise. He came in. You know he was a solid piece of that offense that they needed to kind of support Alston. That wasn't just just to mean Jessup launching threes. Because those weren't going in for a while. So I remember I, that. Yeah, Jess, yeah. I'm just going, he's a side field guy. You're the chucker, man. Come on. <laughs> right? So, yeah, having uh, Kijab come in was 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 big. And he'll be big again. But another transfer we didn't mention yet is uh, Mladen Armis mm-hmm. from Eastern Tennessee State. Or East Tennessee State. Um, he was he was pretty good for them. Um, and I, you know, I thought that if he would have stuck around with Eastern East Tennessee state, keep wanting to call him Eastern. That's okay. All good. <laughs> uh, they, uh, I think they would have been a tournament team. Uh, you know, maybe even like a, a at large tournament team with a big shot blocking, solid rebounding guy who can score in the paint. And man, if Boise state does not need one of those desperately, okay. they have been missing it for the last couple of years. And getting, a, I'm not, you know, he's not Shaq or anything like that, right? But give me something down low, come on. But yeah, I mean, he's a guy who's not gonna 
he's not a liability offensively when the ball gets into his hands. You know, he, he rebounds well on offense. He's a good shot blocker. He passes pretty well. He's, I think that he could be kind of an understated reason why this team is going to be better and maybe more suited to compete with the Mountain West than some of the other teams in the past. And so I just want to kind of put the shout out there uh, yeah, to, for Blood Armis that I, I like him as a transfer coming in too. You know, I think Marcus Shaver with his kind of a little bit gaudier points per game from Portland and Emmanuel Acott and Devin Air Dutrieve coming from Arizona, you know, they're getting a lot of uh, attention here. But I think Armis could also be a, a big a big factor for the team. Well, we'll see too. Like Burke Smith's a true freshman coming in. He's a six eleven dude. Yeah, they have size, and they also have like we didn't mention you, like Luke, Lucas Milner, JUCO transfer. All right, Division two JUCO transfer. Oh boy, Ooh. that's a low level guy coming up. But like here's it. the thing: I don't care. You're six. You're six ten. Awesome. 71 percent from the field. Even awesomer. So they have, from what you're saying, they seem to have depth that position, which we've seen boys over the years. It's all been relying on a three-point shot for a little while yeah if they could mix and, up a little bit that would be that could even open up the three-point shots where let's say take a four less per game but you're five percent better shooting percentage or ten percent shooting percentage you're going six of well six of ten is really good but you get my point say you're 10 of 19 okay but then you could increase that where you go eight for 14 sometimes or having the inside out combination could get you better looks Yeah, I see. Sorry, I got a little distra- distracted right. looking up something on my end. It happens. But yeah, um, I think it's yeah, getting this team to be something where they're not just living and dying by the three is going to be important. Something w- and, and and again to have. I mean, R.J. Williams did a tremendous job of becoming like the rebounding force for that team. Because he's six seven and he was out there playing center for that team. <laughs> I, so just some you know accolades to him for going through and doing that. And he was one of the best rebounders, not just in the conference but in the country in terms of what he you know what he was going up against and how he was rebounding is just he put up fantastic numbers. But you don't want to necessarily be relying on a guy like that. Uh, you know, to do that, you need your big guys to kind of play that tr- those traditional positions, I think. And having a, a m- much more traditional, skilled big man, um, some other kind of more versatile players, I think, is going to let the team not be so one dimensional, maybe, and maybe, and should hopefully kind of see them bump up into that first tier. Question Do you know where, if I'm going to say this correctly, Coach Ice College is? Cochise College? Cochise College. I don't know off the top of my head because I'm looking at – I think we're looking at the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's who I got distracted looking at is this uh, Najee Smith. 23 points a game? Eight and a half rebounds? points a game. Uh, eight and a half rebounds for Cochise? Yeah. Uh, Arizona. That makes sense. Yeah. It's uh, Sierra Vista. I'm looking at the transfers. I'm like, I did some research. I'm like, wait, here's another guy I'm missing here. So here's what – 38% from three, by the way, Ooh, you know, on like a hundred attempts. So that's not terrible. I mean, that'll work. Yeah, that'll work. Here's the thing. Here's why we compared to Air Force. They have Landris experience coach, check mark, obviously. Returning star player, potential player of the year, Derek Allison, check. A, a, even though there's a couple starters, a couple guys back from depth, great. Top hundred, former top hundred recruits, really good coming in. That's hopefully that's going to be helpful. You have other guys who came, like the midseason guys last year. Having the experienced coach, like this mixture of players will take a bit to get going just because I'm not sure how many were practicing last year on the team. Like a couple words because they're transfers and they can sit out the year, which is Yeah, like I know, I know ACOT was with the team last year practicing. So you have a couple of those guys get together. That helpful, but it's a little bit different when it's a real game. But also... If there's nobody in the stands, it's like just a normal scrimmage. Essentially, it's going to be like practice. So that's a kind of equalizer. But I think the mixture of who they have coming in, starting at the top from coach, great player, couple returning guys, guys who practiced but couldn't play last year, new guys coming in, played at a high level, or excuse me, their play was at a high level, but the competition wasn't great. Like there's enough there to where you could see them. Things go right. Like there's there's a reason people are saying this is the best team he's going racing and have since like five in like five or six years yeah 
I think that I think that's true. I think this is probably, you know, I, I liked last year's team, but this one feels like a more complete team. Last year's team had some holes in it. You know, it had experience. You had the chucker, come on. You had chucker. Yeah, I mean, you had Justinian <laughs> Jessup, you had Roger, you know, RJ Williams, you have Alex Hobbs, you've got, you know, these guys who had been there for a long time, but, and not to, you know, tarnish their legacy too much, but they didn't, I don't think they achieved what they set out to achieve. No. I think I think that's fair to say. Um, and I think that, you know, obviously this team hasn't achieved anything yet either, but they do certainly seem on paper like they've got a heck of a chance to do it. They do. Let's get to the schedule really quick before we wrap it up. It's yeah. been reported right now. Well, schedule's been changed crazy, so I'm not sure what's accurate or what's not entirely. But what I fear, they have they're games that are still scheduled with dates to be considered or be ironed out. Tulsa. At BYU, Santa Clara, Cal State Northridge. I see Texas A&M here. Is that still on their schedule? Are you looking at the D1 docket? No, I Is have that... I have mine written down. I have. Oh, you have it written down. Going through Lindy's, Lindy's magazine, too, but mm-hmm. I could pull up D1 docket. But I saw Texas A&M mentioned somewhere. Um, on D1 docket, they have yeah, they do have the A&M game in Houston. Um, yeah, they have one, two, three, four, five, six of those games. That's a decent schedule. Rhode Island's not on there anymore because of the challenge. But they also, right. in the um, Orlando Invitational, that I think that got changed. Or, but that's going on the basically when the season starts. They're going to start with Kansas. That's reported. Yeah. So that's a – what's Kansas? The top 15 most likely team? Top 10 team, I believe? Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to be – Whatever. They're good. We know they're good. They're a good team, yeah. So I just forget where be... their, their rankings can be. Nothing's come out yet. But let's just assume a top 10 team per usual, right, with Bill Self there. Sure. So I think that's easy. Game one? Come on. Pull the upset. Do it. <laughs> hey, yeah. I mean, why not, right? I, I, now, I was rooting for Boise State to do this last year as well when they faced Oregon in their first game, and that did not go well for them. So, you know, do it Do it better this year. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like... It's a, it's a totally different situation because I think last year they were going, you know, to Oregon to play that opening game. Now you're playing in a weird bubble situation thing in Orlando or whatever the whatever the Orlando situation is right whatever now. it's called because I know they're you know it's one of those ESPN events it's the Orlando Invitational is the tournament yeah. but I it's you know being held at the wide world of sports facilities or whatever NBA so spot, we'll see yeah. yeah we'll see how that all works out but you know I maybe that'll bring them a level the playing field a little right it's a lot different than going to play Kansas at you know yeah, uh, Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, 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 so, but that's a good that's a good test. They lose whatever, but the non conference game is good. So I don't. We'll see what else they can put together. Maybe that's all they need. They have the and the one tournament there. They uh, should. I had the field in front of me. Close it out. But they have. They'll play a couple games down in Orlando. Probably three, typically two or three. So they'll play Kansas. There's a couple other teams there. They will have uh, like Texas A and M. Man, it's SEC team. That's good. They have the other teams on the schedule, like Tulsa, whatever. Um, there's no like lower Division One or D2 schools. Like Whatever you want to think about Northridge or Santa Clara, they're fine. You know what I mean? You're play teams out west. BYU, at BYU, could be a pretty good team from what they are talking about last year and what they have this year coming in. Like They have a couple guys like uh, Purdue transfers coming in. Mark Pope. Yep. Love Mark Pope. He's my favorite coach ever. He's awesome. He's great. <laughs> I wanted him a ton. Of, Nevada could have had him, folks. You could have had him, but didn't want, didn't listen to me last year or the year <laughs> before. But what do you think Boise is going to finish? Are they? Would you say we can make our predictions later? But I'm safe to say you and I are going to have them like as a top two team. Definitely top three. What you top, I would say probably top three. Yeah, I'm hesitating a little because I don't okay. know that I'm going to commit to you know top two at this point. Okay, but fair. I do think. I think that they should find themselves in the top three, and if they don't, then it will, you know, it'll be a disappointment. Probably yeah. with, with I know I know the roster's got to come together a little bit, but with Derek Alston back and all of this talent, man, you don't have time for it not to come together. You got to you got to do it now. You got to strike, and I think anything under third would be underperforming compared to what's on the roster. So let me ask you this: If let's just say they're third. Mm-hmm. Does it, do you feel that Mountain West is getting three Mountain West tournament or three teams in the tournament? Well, <laughs> so I mean, the the whole tournament is going to be crazy. I don't know yeah. how teams are going to get picked for that right now. I think if they finish 
third and we're assuming that you know they're actually it's not just because of the conference record like technically they're third you know i think if if they're really like the third best team in the conference maybe you know was does what does a 22 and 7 team from the mountain west still get an at large bid I'm not yeah. sure. Are they playing 29 games, first of all, too? Is oh, that... true. Sorry. I was, <laughs> I know that was a reference back to Air Force and Joe Scott. That was just the last uh, Mountain West at large team that popped into my head, right? That wasn't, you know, 30 and 2. I'd say the best thing would be, like, Air Force right now, the one game, non-conference. If they – if that's, like, what's the problem with football right now for – we'll see how the bull, or the playoff committee picks teams. But for the NCAA tournament, for basketball-wise – they mentioned a four minimum, but the more you have is better because it's hard to compare if you're playing only within your conference and you're picking a group of teams. That's how we, well, we talked before. Well, if it's only conference games, maybe they need to do like an aggregate over the past five years of your average bids. And that's what conference, that's what your league gets. Like the Mountain West would get one or probably one or two, maybe two teams, I guess. Big 10 might get nine teams, Big E seven, Big 12, six, whatever. You know what I mean? But having more data points out of your league is it helps to compare, like... Oh, it helps B- everything. Yeah, BYU gets to play Gonzaga. Santa Clara, they get to play BYU. You get some games, like, not that you did a transitive property thing, but those teams, like, in what WCC you're playing, or particularly Kansas, like, let's say, shoot, or not obviously Kansas, like, Boise could be Texas A&M. I have no problem saying that. Like, if they beat Texas A&M, well, and it was SEC, what if they pull, pull off an upset over... Like uh, Florida or something, or some really good SEC team. Like they beat Kansas. Yeah, so I mean, like, what they beat? Yeah, I'm saying, like, or they beat Kansas. Like my point. I look at more, yeah. a little bit more realistic, but you get my point. Like beating a, a pretty good team in a big conference, whatever A and M may be, right. they might finish seventh in the SEC. But if they go out and beat Vanderbilt, beat Tennessee, like I'm not sure who's good in the SEC at the moment. Like I know besides Florida and Kentucky, like say they somehow beat Florida at home at. Uh, Texas, uh, whatever the arena's called there, forgetting College Station, but more data points is better. So if they can get in six to eight games, non-conference-wise, and they go, even if they go five and three, it just gives more information compared to, say, if they're going up against, um, like let's say, Boy State's against, um, um, I don't know, some middle, Syracuse, because I always, get, always complain about Syracuse getting with with Bayheim. <laughs> like, say Syracuse plays only two non-conference games, and they have a 500 record in the Big East, just be, or not be, what, no, excuse me, that's years ago, ACC now. Like they're sitting there at 8 8 in the ACC, or whatever, maybe 9 and 9, or even nine, 8 and 10. But Boise State's in the Mountain West is, um, what, 10, what, 8 and 4? 12 and 6. 12 and 6, or 11 and 5. I was trying to think of the 18 sure. games, yeah. 11 and 7 or something where record wise is better, but Syracuse is a better conference. Like, but Syracuse only played two non conference games. Like there's more to look at. Yeah, I think that I that's gonna it's gonna be very interesting be exciting, to see right? if the selection committee. So so you know the the NCAA Division One Council right the one who set the 25 game limit or 27 mm-hmm. with an MTE. Um, you know, I think they made a recommendation for a minimum of four games, but it's not a requirement. But I wonder if they are going to, or if they should, you know, have the selection committee look at, Hey, teams who don't hit that four game threshold, maybe why? they're not, el- maybe they're not eligible for an at large bid. Or why do they not do that? Like, could they look at it and say, because we, we joke like teams like Syracuse, we burnt Syracuse cause it's always uh, they're on the bubble, but they never leave New right. York to play anybody. But like, <laughs> what if they had the opportunity? Like, I don't know if they'll know that the actual intent, but you want to look at teams that attempt to play. Like if like, like say Syracuse had the option to play, like there could be some big teams that still want to play each other. Like we've seen what Gonzaga's playing Baylor and um, who? What's the other game they're playing? Um, Iowa. I Iowa, think. I think it is. Yeah, they're playing yeah. some really good games. Like Syracuse. I'm just an example. Not that they're going to be an amazing team. Who knows? But like, what if they had the opportunity to play some old Big East teams? Like Boston College. They used to be a pretty big. Oh, well, they're in a conference, so that's a bad example. But just some um, UMass or something or something in the regional the area or play some MAC team like. Could you see Bayheim playing Rick Pitino, Iona, Syracuse? Why? Like, ah, oh, we don't want to play you. It's like we're playing Manhattan or or Buffalo. It's like they had chances to play teams, and they elected to not for whatever reason it may be. Like, I don't know if they'll. I don't. They shouldn't. I don't think take it against teams that only play say three to five non-conference games, and this team plays nine. But I would give the benefit of the doubt of a team that plays nine games and goes six and three compared to a team that goes three and zero. Oh, 
in non-conference playing, you're pl- I don't care who you're playing, but that's all you do. Like you got to judge on who yeah. you play. It's like, yeah, you're three and zero, but this team actually played people. We've seen them play more. It's going to be a jumbled mess. It's going to be exciting, interesting, <laughs> yes. not yes. fair, complaining. But my, my leaning back on my point, the more games you can play non-conference, the better chances you have to. Just because you have more chances to win, it comes down to that. Yeah. No, I think I. I honestly, you know, I'm obviously all for more basketball being played too, of course. Yeah, exactly. you know, and I, I want, uh, you know, I think that it's good to, and and selfishly as someone who runs an analytics system, right? I want those data points. I can't run yeah, my system tough. without them. It's hard. But and so I have to start considering, you know, things like whether how, how to deal with teams like you know the Ivy League teams mm-hmm. that may not play a non-conference or like and may the not have, or whoever may only play league games, CAA. Yeah, so I mean, you know, you've got some. There's just a lot of questions to be answered about the whole thing, I and mean, with with teams, you know, and and I wonder too. You know, we didn't really talk about it before about the conference schedule at all, but you know, if one or two teams has to miss some games, are you going to end up with conferences that have you know uneven standings? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're going to. I think you definitely are going to. But you know, I how is that going to get factored in, right? How do you look at an eight and eight team from one league against a nine and nine team from an, you know the same league? I don't know. It's just there's going to be all sorts of crazy things, and we're going to be scrambling from today until you know whenever the season ends, yeah. whatever day that ends up being. We'll see how it goes, but uh, yeah, that, I think that wraps up for today. We, hey, dude, we went an hour. I was not expecting to go an hour on a basketball That's podcast. Yeah, so. I was so congrats to us, right? <laughs> Can we give a pat on the back for saying that? So, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, Air Force today, Boise State today, next week, uh, or whenever next year. I can't say next week because who knows when you're listening. But if my if my. ABCs are correct. Colorado State and Fresno State, correct? That's what I thought, yeah. All right, okay. that's that's what we'll get next time. So <laughs> That's what we're doing. I don't care if it's yeah, right. We said it, we're doing it. So check us out, mwr.com, Twitter, Facebook, all that great stuff, MWC Wire on Twitter if you want to yell at us or give us some uh, feedback or whatever you want to do. But, uh, yeah, subscribe to the show. we got basketball now. Thanks for Hoops Hands checking in. we got football, obviously. we got at least two shows a week. So check everything out. We'll start doing some previews and some basketball news as we go forward. And, yeah, we'll see you next time, folks.